Welcome everyone to Descrypto. Uh, my name is Vanessa and we are still talking about Ledger and everything that's going on with the new Ledger Recover feature. Uh, today we're going to dive into a little bit of their response. It's been kind of a busy day. I'll admit, you know, personally I wasn't, uh, when I woke up this morning, looking to talk a lot about Ledger today, but here we are and this is what we do. Uh, so what I'm going to cover today is a little bit about their response. I'm going to share something uh, so a couple threads that Seth for Privacy has got, hopefully help clear up any comments and uh, concerns that people have from this discussion. I think there's been a lot of chatter that's happened on Twitter throughout, uh, you know, everyone in in uh, the, the crypto world kind of looking at this because I think we have uh, largely depended on Ledger as one of the kind of preeminent hardware wallets in the space. And so we'll cover a little bit of that. I uh, did want to start out, as we always do here, that this show is about learning, not FOMO. So please uh, put on your thinking cap, put away your wallet, uh, hardware wallet or otherwise. Um, and, you know, as we talk through things here, uh, please don't rush out and make any hasty decisions. Uh, that's absolutely uh, an opportunity to get completely wrecked with all of us. So uh, be thoughtful, be considered. Um, this is a very much a developing story. Um, I know that the Ledger team has received a lot of feedback. They're responding, they're absorbing too. So, you know, my plan for all of this is to wait and see how it works out. But let me share what's going on. If you are here alive, as we love to do, uh, please pop a hi in the chat. Uh, let us know that you're here. Uh, always great to know who's here, who's listening along. And if you do have questions and comments, we'll definitely cover those uh, as well. So let's get right to it. What's going on? Uh, we had a video earlier today uh, with uh, Sirkarin, who uh, jumped in to talk a little bit about um, what the controversy was all around. We'll recap some of that. But if you'd like uh, some more details from a cybersecurity expert, that's a good place to start. You know, he does work in the field professionally, so he's a good person to look to in terms of uh, an opinion on what's happening. Uh, so let's, let's go to uh, the article here. That says Ledger backs back criticism of new wallet recovery service. Uh, so what is Ledger announced? They've announced a service called Ledger Recover, uh, which, uh, you know, at a very high level, allows people who may have lost their seed phrase to recover to recover their funds. Uh, for those of you who have been in crypto a while, you know that the seed phrase is kind of the um, crucible of everything. If you have the seed phrase, you have the funds. If you don't, you don't. And a lot of time is spent talking to uh, different people in terms of educating them on uh, the exact details on how to securely store the, the seed phrase, uh, ensuring that you don't share it with scammers who could take it from you. So it's a very important aspect to all of this. One of the benefits that hardware wallets bring is they offer a secure way to essentially store the seed phrase. Uh, it's stored in hardware. It's very difficult to get into a situation where your seed phrase is, is compromised. Um, and so that's generally why people say, get a hardware wallet, uh, use a hardware wallet. If you have a large amount of funds, um, generally, people have in the past recommended Trezor or Ledger or one of those uh, types of services. Now, what's the service that they're launching? So they're launching this recovery service, which effectively allows you to, you know, if you opt in, and that's something that they do stress, if you opt in, you're able to go ahead and recover your funds. Um, and we'll get into why they've been, uh, I'd say, criticized for, for, for some of this approach. But let's just start out on the face of it and say uh, the idea that you can have funds that are largely self-custody with some recovery option, in my opinion, is good for adoption of crypto as a whole. Uh, and so I think, you know, generally the concept of this idea is a solid concept, especially, you know, when we're comparing it with, do you trust your funds completely 100% to a single centralized exchange or a single custodian? We've seen over the last 
you know, year and a half or so, just how bad an idea it is to trust your phones with a custodian. So I'm going to say right off the bat that this feature from Ledger is markedly better than just shoving it all in Binance and, uh, you know, saying, have a nice day. However, it's, uh, in my opinion, uh, worse from a security perspective, if you are able to manage your seed phrase, you're effectively giving it up to someone else. So let's uh, actually jump into you know a couple things. One, I, I do want to give props to the Ledger team for jumping on a space. I encourage you to go and, and listen to that space. In my opinion, they didn't answer all the questions or take uh, a lot of questions uh, from folks. So uh, you know, I was a little disappointed overall, but I, I do encourage you to listen to that. Also encourage you uh, to, to listen to uh, this particular video from Charles. I think it's important to get their perspective as well. I uh, want to say hi to Sir Karen. <laughs> Great to have you on the other side. As always, if you if you want to jump on the show, you're, you're more than welcome. Uh, just, just DM me and I'll send you a link. Um, and anyone else who's here, also say hi. I, I would love to know who's here. So let's get into a response from Charles. Um, so this is something that, you know, my time was about two hours ago that he responded, you know, a decent number of views have been had. And I'll kind of walk through it. So he says, Ledger Recover is their upcoming and optional service for users who want to secure backup of their uh, secret recovery phrase. Um, and they've got some details that we'll dig into. So that's exactly what we said. You know, it is an optional service, but one thing that's not optional is the firmware update, which enables this. And that's something that they're uh, basically saying, hey, if you want any more firmware updates, you're going to have this feature along with it. Now, why are firmware updates important? Well, they bring along security improvements, right? You, you wouldn't leave your, your PC or your Mac just sitting there without any security updates. You're going to get hacked. So generally, updating your firmware is good. However, uh, this exposes, uh, and we'll get into more details, a, a new attack surface, um, in particular for people who are not using this service. So if you don't want this service now, I believe your ledger is less secure. I want to say hi to Shapeshift. Good morning. It's a good evening here, but good morning where you are. Um, and hey, Vivid, <laughs> great to, to have you here as well. Um, so he says, you know, let's clarify something. That's uh, a, a service that you can choose if you want to use it. Absolutely, 100%. I don't think anyone's been questioning that. Uh, there's no auto opt-in with firmware updates. That's also true. You do not have to install the firmware update. Although, as I mentioned, if you don't install the firmware update, at some point, your device will be insecure. Um, you know, On your device, after pin verification, you're asked to initiate a ledger recovery backup process. Um, there are no further exchanges with the device whatsoever without this consent. And so that's something that they have stressed uh, over and over is that um, in order to start this whole process, in order to effectively you know, take your keys and, and um, shard them and encrypt them and share them, you need to physically touch something on the device. And I think a lot of the contention here with some people would say, this is effectively a backdoor. Now you've got firmware that makes it possible to send your seed phrase in whatever form, right? We can debate the fact that it's sharded into three and encrypted. At the end of the day, it's sent off your device in a way that you can recover without actually having your device. And so uh, some people would, would call that a backdoor. The Ledger team contends that it's not a backdoor because uh, you actually have to physically interact with your device to, that, to have that happen. Many people were surprised though, the fact that that's even possible. I remember, uh, you know, circa last year, uh, even circa, you know, three weeks ago, uh, Ledger was very much about uh, the ability 
uh, to, you know, essentially keep your keys on the hardware device and to never have it leave the hardware device. And that was a key point of trust. And now while Ledger's firmware is currently closed source, the fact that they uh, had it to the point where uh, they were almost guaranteeing that your seed phrase would never leave the device. And that's part of the way they encouraged you to trust it. It was sitting in a secure enclave in the hardware device, and that's why it was more secure. Uh, this breaks a narrative that many people had uh, believed in from, from Ledger, um, but also, in my opinion, opens this attack, service, uh, attack uh, surface that's, that's new. So let's get through what Charles has to say as well. Um, there's no further exchanges without explicit consent. After consenting to this and verifying your identity on your device, the OS will compute two out of three, I don't know what SSS is, of your C and encrypt them with a symmetric key. After having created the accounts with the three backup providers, so uh, for those who are just catching up, your seed, seed phrase effectively is sharded into three, uh, encrypted, and sent to three different backup providers in order to get access back to your, your wallet and your keys. Uh, two out of those three need to effectively come together in order to give you that access. So that's what they're talking about here with the backup providers. The device will establish three distinct secure channels, each end-to-end -end, uh, secured with a hardware security module maintained by each provider. And so basically it's saying your ledger connects directly to each of these providers, uh, establishing essentially like SSL, but you know, gated through the hardware. Uh, it's a little concerning to me that they've built in such complex functionality into the hardware device itself. Um, and so that's, you know, one thing if you've worked in security and, it, you know, my background is in technology. Uh, I have done threat modeling uh, as part of work that I did when I was working at Microsoft, but it's not, I'm not going to say I'm a cybersecurity expert, but I've been, you know, tenden tendentially involved in a lot of those types of activities. And the more complex you make something, the more threats that you expose. So this, uh, uh, this system that they've got up here. Um, as you're trying to build these security features, it is possible that they also have issues. Right? And so they've added some complexity here. That is definitely a concern to the overall firmware complexity. Uh, Charles says, note that one shard alone, even decrypted, does not contain any information about your seed, and these shards are encrypted twice. So you know, here's a link to Shamira's secret sharing. I think the basic idea is you need two out of three. Uh, one by itself is nothing. And I think that's good, right? It's, that's where we talk about it being perhaps better than just having your coins sitting on a centralized exchange. You actually need two out of three to, to somehow collude or do something in order to access your coins. For the recovery process, the protocol is symmetrical. You'll have to log into your account, trigger recovery on a new device. Um, after selecting restore from recovery, you'll be able to verify the identity bound to the backup of your device and see a code used during the identity verification. So there is some sort of KYC that's part of this. This opens up whole other threat vectors of, you know, what if your KYC is compromised and now people can at least know that you, you have a, a, a ledger device and perhaps even how much you have on it. Um, I think this is important from a circuit. is the new device's key here. It means the symmetric key that unlocks the encrypted shards exists on all ledger devices. Um, and, you know, without the ability to unlock it on a new device, this whole feature, I think, is, is pointless because it's supposed to recover and uh, recovering from a loss of your, your ledger is an important part of it. But as Sukran points out, it, it does have security implications to be able to do that recovery. It means that there's some symmetric key somewhere that is on all devices. Um, you know, one of the threats we haven't talked a lot about, at least in the Twitter threads that I've seen, is, you know, physical access to the device. Now that the firmware is capable of sharing these seeds in a particular fashion, how does that compromise if someone has physical access and is actually taking the device apart? 
I'm not expert enough to know, but it does make me question, like, is there any additional compromise that's there? I also want to say hello to, to Ryan. Ryan, welcome. Great to have you here as well. Um, and Sokran saying, and that means the attacker doesn't need your physical ledger or your PIN. It only means they need to fool two out of three other providers with your KYC. Um, and I think that's an important point. And we'll get into some of Set for Privacy's thoughts on the service itself and some of the potential pitfalls. But this is one to, to bear in mind. If you do sign up for the service, there, there is a, a potential attack vector here um, based on KYC, based on essentially socially engineering these um, data providers who are keeping your keys with them. And they did talk on the Twitter space about effectively uh, they have a process in place, it's all secure, et cetera, et cetera. But we all know even you know banks and various other places have been socially engineered to release private information. And so we'll have to see how that plays out, but I don't think it's going to be 100% secure. Social hacking absolutely is a thing. It happens uh, on, on a reasonable amount of time. And you can look at what's happening now with AI. I know a lot of these services will say record a video or come live. Uh, gosh, it's getting easier and easier to pretend that you're someone live talking in their voice. Uh, so what does that mean for the service? I don't know. It's kind of a scary new world with that. Let's get back to Charles. Uh, so you'll establish a secure channel with each backup provider. Uh, again, proving themselves to be the device and checking the device is a legitimate one. Um, so clearly they've built a lot of security features here. Um, and that's good, but it's also bad because more complexity, more potential for issues. You'll have to independently verify your identity with each backup provider only after the successful completion of both identity verification, including verification of the code generated on the device. Will the encrypted shards be sent to the new device over each secure channel? I'm assuming this device is the new device that it's looking at. The shards will then be decrypted. So actually, let me back up a second. Uh, while this might not seem like it's adding any additional security, the fact that there is device interaction here does bump it up a little bit, right? Because now someone has to be interacting with the device. They can't just turn a bunch of bots loose on this and, and try and uh, brute force their way through it. They, they do have to have ostensibly a human that's interacting with the device to do things. So it, it kind of puts an upper bound on how fast these types of things can happen. And it also gives them more options for the types of security monitoring that they can do because now they have a device that's kind of cryptographically proven to be that device. So uh, yeah, I think overall that this particular approach um, adds some security to the, the overall interaction. And finally, if you don't like the service, you can simply continue using your ledger as you previously did, nothing changes. Our security model will always remain the same. As soon as the OS will touch a secret on your device, it will ask you for consent, whether it's signing Bitcoin transaction, doing an Ethereum smart contract interaction, staking on Cosmos, or doing a firmware update, downloading an app or using ledger recovery service. Um, and so I think, you know, one, that, that's good, and that's kind of the minimum expected of all of this, but it does open up, as we talked about on the video earlier, potential for social engineering attacks where uh, people, I don't know how, how closely you look at your uh, hardware wallet when you're signing things. I, I generally do it often enough that I can't say that I'm fully secure in each interaction, um, but now there's a possibility that the service is going to be requesting something that could compromise my seed phrase and compromise coins on all my chains. So no longer am I just going to lose everything on Ethereum. I'm going to lose everything across all the coins that I hold. And that's that's pretty scary. It's also a, quite a big honeypot. So let's get into what um, Seth for Privacy, uh, perhaps even stronger than I've, I've seen. Once you update your ledger, you are now running code explicitly designed to exfiltrate your private keys. 
What a nightmare world, thankful for free and open source alternatives, where you can be sure this will never happen, never compromise on open source when storing your funds. Uh, and so I think this is the extreme, uh, this breaks privacy, this breaks security perspective, uh, because now there is this capability on the device to effectively send your uh, private keys somewhere else. Regardless of the encryption that they have and the steps they take, uh, there is always a potential now that it's, it's broken in some fashion and, and, and can be hacked. Um, Seth for Privacy goes on to talk about Ledger Recover, so the service that they're offering. Uh, now, he's focusing a lot on some of the security issues and the issues with the service. I think it's also important to balance it that there is a very real threat for most people that losing your, your key is the easiest way to lose all your crypto. And that's, that's you know, one reason why many people have gravitated towards centralized exchanges. That's a lot of responsibility. I know the ethos here in crypto is self-sovereign, not your, not your keys, not your coins. Um, but for many, they would like to get exposure to crypto as an asset class and invest without necessarily taking on that level of risk. And I think we should make that available to them. So uh, all, the, uh, all that said, um, we're going to get into what CES is as well. But there is a, a need for a product like this in the market for most normal people. So Ledger Recover thread. Uh, last night, Ledger accidentally leaked some of the info on the new recovery subscription service, and today they revealed the details. Um, so we're going to walk through it here. I think also something to bear in mind, um, and I've had some testy interactions with a few folks from the Ledger team, uh, but I, I do also want to recognize that they're in a pretty tough spot right now. So they say they've been working on this feature for two years. Um, I know, you know, I've worked on software features for many years. It's It's very difficult to launch something and get a reception where people are basically saying this is awful and to quickly internalize that and come back with a response because obviously you're proud of the work you've done uh, you've done a lot of research you've you've poured your heart and soul into it um, so I'm, I'm going to give the team a little bit of grace for the interactions that happen over the next week or so as they absorb this as they look through the feedback as they step back from some of their em emotions uh, as well Right. So I know I've had some pretty strong words on, on Twitter, uh, but this is not Twitter. This is video. I can spend more than 280 characters and, and say that, you know, I encourage all of you as well to just realize that's where the team is at just as humans. Um, and I'm hopeful. My, my hope out of all of this and what we'll see is that they can regain trust. I have a few steps I'd like them to take to regain trust. I want to say hello to Prospector as well. Oh, welcome back to the show. And Webster, what a shambles indeed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I wish we didn't have to talk about this today. That's me not sleeping tonight. I don't know that we're at the point of not sleeping. I, I think, uh, you know, what, what I say to folks is let's wait and see. I, I don't think it's like your ledger is currently going to combust and send your, your, your seed phrase to anyone on the internet. I think it's a little bit less dire than that. But I think this is the point to resist this particular type of uh I don't know, upgrade, we could call it an upgrade, um, and, and really uh, let people know that this is not acceptable and give them an opportunity to fix it. And if we just dig in and say it's never going to be fixed, then they'll just say, well, fine, we'll build for the other people who aren't you, and we'll lose an option in the marketplace. Uh, Sokar and saying agree, and the upside for the Ledger team is that they can salvage all that engineering work by simply making it a separate product. And I think that's something that's tremendously important for them to consider because this is a fantastic product. You call it, um, you know, Ledger on-ramp or, uh, <laughs> you know, new Ledger or whatever you want to call it, something that appeals to people uh, who might be getting into crypto and nervous of self-custody. It's, it's a challenging thing. Okay, let's get to the thread here. So it says saying, the core premise of the offering is the ability to supposedly encrypt shards of your seed phrase into three pieces. Give over your identity, selfie recording, and then trust three custodians to secure those shards for you. 
Um, here's why that's problematic. And he's using strong language here by saying supposedly encrypt. And I guess hearkening to the fact that it is closed source, so you don't know exactly what they're doing. Uh, but I'm pretty sure people will do net network monitoring and confirm that it's at least encrypted to some degree. How those keys are stored, key management, all of that, who knows? Um, but uh, you know, I, I don't think Ledger sending in plain text that, that would be uh, daft. Um, in order to use the system at all, you have to connect your identity to your ledger account, giving yet another KYC pain point for data leaks, hacks, and government censorship or surveillance. Um, so important to notice here is uh, one of the reasons we get into crypto is to be self-sovereign, to avoid the Canadian government coming after the truckers who are protesting and shutting down bank accounts, to avoid situations like that. So for those of us who are here for those reasons for crypto and not just an investment, these are all things to be very concerned about when using this. Because now you're trusting a third party with your information, your ID, and the info on all your crypto. So they'll know exactly how much you have, uh, how soon be before there's an IRS plugin that plugs into Ledger and tells the IRS how much you owe. Um, Honestly, I'd actually like that feature to work, just not to be tied to my identity because doing taxes is a pain in the ass. Um, so not only can leaks or hacks occur, the sale of data on users of Ledger would be extremely valuable now and in the future, and any of the authorized third parties could decide to leverage your data as an income stream at any moment. I do think that they'll likely need two of three to collude to get any meaningful data, but at least the fact that you own a Ledger, that you use a Ledger, there's metadata that they can glean um, and potentially sell. I'm sure the terms of service right now will say don't sell, but who reads the terms of service updates? Uh, no one, <laughs> not me for sure. Uh, EU, uh, Webster's got a comment, EU has passed a law to require KYC today. Is this a coincidence? I did see that they, they passed in the, the MICA law that uh, all crypto transactions will require KYC. I'm not quite sure how they're planning to enforce it. It feels pretty draconian. Um, I don't know. It seems it seems like it, and you know earlier I said maybe it was a possibility, but right now it seems to me like because a feature like this doesn't just spring up over weeks or months, it literally requires years. This legislation has not been in the works for that long with this requirement, so I, I'm, I'm doubtful it's a reaction to that. But I mean, who knows? You can put on your tinfoil hat and, and think uh, you know basically anything here. <clears throat> Yeah, and so this is another good concern from, from Vivid, uh, that today maybe it's optional, right? This particular feature of connecting and sharing a seed phrase, but what's gonna happen two years from now? We don't actually know. <laughs> it's uh, because they can update the firmware of the device, they can uh, prevent you from using certain features of Ledger uh, without a certain firmware update, and then they could pretty much do anything and they'll have the infrastructure in place to do this. So for sure, that's something uh, to watch. A South Padre attorney, hi, welcome. <laughs> Sorry you have to deal with all of this. I know this is not something that you're excited to deal with today either. Um, <laughs> encrypted using Caesar code. Uh, yeah, <laughs> hopefully something a little more secure. Um, so not only can leaks or hacks occur, sells the data, we talked a bit about that. Uh, they could decide to leverage your data as an income stream. Uh, this also continues to harm your privacy. Most Ledger users use Ledger Live, a software that uses Ledger's, Ledger's node for all wallet sync that reveals every detail of your cryptocurrency activity, making it trivial for Ledger to link this to your ID itself. So this is the different threat vector than these uh, third parties. Uh, this is just Ledger Live itself. And I think they already have the capability to do that. What they don't have is a direct key into your KYC ID. So that'll be something new. 
Uh, all this KYC data is collected by a company called Onfido, who handle the KYC onboarding. They keep your ID, pictures, videos, sounds from your selfie video, and a holistic picture of your device and current activity when you upload or verify your identity. Uh, very transparent. Uh, everything on the blockchain is transparent, and now <laughs> it'll be transparently tied to you. That sounds like a no-no to me. That, that, that just seems like against the ethos of everything we're trying to do here. Onfido has a complete picture of your identity and the fact that you are a ledger user and thus that you hold a reasonably large amount of cryptocurrency. They also have a holistic picture of the device you use for authentication. Uh, so now, not only are you trusting Ledger and authorized third parties with your identity, you're trusting Onfido with that and much more along with the knowledge that you hold and use large amounts of cryptocurrency. Uh, nightmare fuel that easily enables new threats, <clears throat> physical threats potentially as well. We've already heard about people in certain countries being uh, taken hostage, blackmailed, threatened uh, in order to share cryptocurrency. It can be a rough world out there. And if you're known to have cryptocurrency, and especially if you're in a, you're in a country where... Uh, perhaps the police protection isn't overwhelmingly strong, uh, it could be a place where there's some real safety concerns. So, I mean, this is not a trivial thing. This is some real safety concerns that, that people could be getting into. So onto the technical aspects. I'm going to take a sip of tea. <clears throat> so first thing he notes is that it's important to understand we have to 100% trust Ledger as the code for the entire process is closed source and unverifiable. Uh, so this is extremely important, as no one but them can verify what actually happens or whether it's secure. Uh, that's the reason that largely in the crypto community, we have an ethos of open source. Um, I know that Ledger has not been open source uh, with their firmware for forever. Uh, and largely, I think, you know, myself personally, I can comment on my own thoughts. I've trusted them because of the strong stance they've taken about the security of the hardware device. And there is trust in the team itself. So I'm, you know, I've, I've taken their trust and said, okay, here's a company trying to build a business. Uh, security best practices are important because any security flaw destroys their business. So there's mutual incentives in this. <clears throat> now what they're saying is uh, the narrative that been, they've been talking about all along, that your keys don't leave the device, is not true. And I start to question that trust. Now I want to verify, and that's my, my response, is now I need to verify because you've broken the core tenant of my trust. Um, so if all this works, as said, in theory, your seed never leaves your device in an unencrypted state. We can't verify this um, and be sure it's done securely or encrypted properly, however. Uh, but this does mean that there is not code running on your ledger designed to send your seed over either USB or Bluetooth. Very concerning. Not only does this mean that your wallet <coughs> you thought made sure your seed never left the device can now become hot, with a few key presses, that also opens up a massive new attack vector for phishing and malware that can prompt you unwittingly to send your seed phrase to them. I'm very, very concerned about social engineering attacks that are now the nuclear bomb of social engineering attack, and your entire crypto existence is just wiped out in one go. Uh, we cannot be sure that Ledger built had safeguards against someone sending the encrypted shards all to one person, that's true, or that Ledger actually sends the shards to three different custodians. We also cannot be sure that the shards can only be decrypted by you. So all good questions, right? He's approaching this as uh, a security mindset, as someone who's deeply technical. Uh, what's completely unclear is how this decryption process during restore actually works. You have to log in and verify your ID. But if decryption can only happen on your device, how does your new device get the decryption key? Good question. And I, I'm sure the Ledger team will come up with some response to this. There must be a mechanism uh, that they can talk about. Um, normally, in schemes like this, you need a way to approve a new device and send it to the de uh, send it the de decryption key. But in the case of losing your ledger, you can't do that. 
So someone else must have a copy of the decryption key. They send to your ledger when you recover. So who in the world has this decryption key? Is it ledger? Uh, is it somehow encrypted behind your ledger recovery login and ID verification? If so, how is this stored? What encryption is used? How can we verify any of this? So a lot of trust now has been placed on Ledger and their partners to do all the right things. And you'll notice lots of steps in this process. The more steps that there are here, the more opportunities for vulnerabilities to creep in. Again, none of this might be intentional by the team. They might be doing the best security practices. Uh, but there's a reason that we have you know, Patch Tuesday at Microsoft. It's not because Microsoft engineers are dumb. It's because security is an insanely difficult problem. Um, and you know, Sokran saying that's a symmetric key that has to exist on every device or some other solution I'm not thinking of right now. Um, so another point is that if anyone were to know that you use Ledger Recover and get your identity, Ledger isn't exactly known for their cybersecurity practices, they can now theoretically steal all your cryptocurrency despite your Ledger sitting safe and sound in a drawer somewhere. Uh, I, I do, I'm actually gonna come out somewhat on the side of Ledger for this. I think it's unfair to say they're not known for cybersecurity practices. The marketing team of Ledger is not known for cybersecurity practices. That's what was compromised previously. Ledger itself, to the best of my knowledge, has not had any coins compromised. So the product and technical teams, to the best of my knowledge, have shown expertise in cybersecurity. Um, lastly, this opens up massive government seizure risks, or at least one custodian coin cover and the identity provider on Fido are UK-based. Um, I think from listening to the spaces, the jurisdictions that the providers are in, it's the EU, the UK, and the US. To me, this very much seems like the US could just call them up and say, hey, we've got this user, uh, would you do us a solid and you know, give us the, the uh, key for these folks, we'd like to take the crypto. And I don't really see how the EU or the UK would refuse that. I mean, we, we've seen the US government do far nastier things and uh, various other allies be complicit in it. So uh, this doesn't give me warm and fuzzies. Uh, the third custodian is not named in the official docs, but was previously revealed to be escrow tech. If escrow tech is still the third custodian, they are US-based, which would put two thirds of the companies within Five Eyes jurisdiction, UK and the US. Um, at one point I knew what Five Eyes was. <laughs> if you know what Five, what Five Eyes is, uh, please let me know. Uh, I think it's, it's some sort of, I need to say like spying alliance that these uh, organizations have. <clears throat> the government can easily come knocking and request all holders ID information and then seize funds at will. Uh, now this might sound overly alarmist. Uh, we all saw what happened in Canada, ostensibly liberal Western democracy where people's bank accounts were frozen for donating to a cause that the ruling government did not like. That's bad. I don't care what your thoughts are on whether the protest was good or not. Uh, the fact that the government can do it is bad. The fact that they can do it to your crypto, which is supposed to be a safe haven from this, is even worse. Um, and this is actually a good point here, that it feels like the people that this particular service is meant for are the very people who would fall victim to social engineering or phishing attacks. <laughs> it, feels, it feels like that's, that's actually true, right? There's a level of expertise that people don't have in keeping their secrets safe, uh, which is why they'd use the service, uh, which makes it even more likely that any social engineering attacks would be successful in this regard. I mean, we've all seen the uh, MetaMask support people that seem to swarm anytime we talk about it. They're very, very convincing. It's not like idiots are falling for this, right? It's, it's smart people who, who just maybe haven't been tested in the fire of all these scams that do fall for these things. Um, so it's a little bit concerning that there is now this nuclear bomb of a, a security that's out there. 
um, absolutely cannot believe that Ledger thought this was a good idea, as it breaks all the previous reasoning for using the hardware wallet, cold storage, and introduces KYC directly into the mix for any who would opt into this. It's abhorrent and extremely sad to see. I told you, Seth pulls no punches. Uh, Ledger has lost the plot and gotten blinded by their success and their aggressively closed source nature. Makes it even harder to trust any of their claims. Time to get your hammers out and find a new open source freedom oriented wallet. <laughs> um, I'm not at that point yet. I know that I've been pretty vocal on Twitter about this whole situation. <clears throat> but I honestly don't believe that there's any malice from the Ledger team that's involved here. Uh, my take is that they completely misjudged their customer base. They misjudged the reaction that they would get from people. And they thought that they were doing a good thing. So I'm going to bounce back to this thread by <clears throat> Charles. Here's a, a response from Chris as well, who's saying, you're missing the point, and if you don't address it, it may destroy you. Nobody knew that ledger devices were even capable of transmitting shards or seed phrases off the device over USB. How can you not see and address the potentially malicious attack vector here? Um, and that's absolutely, I think, most of the concern I've seen is people shocked that this is uh, even a thing. Like, how could that be something that your hardware device would do? Uh, Sukharan saying the saving grace for this would have been that you could opt out except they previously said that it wasn't even possible for firmware updates to access your key. So trust took a huge hit. So yes, well, you know, one, if they uh, decided to, and I'll get to some solutions here, if they decided to offer a separate firmware for people who wanted to opt out, that could be a solution. But, but the point is they said previously that this could never happen, and now it can. Um, I, I was always a little bit less trustworthy of them. I always believed that a firmware update could essentially kill everything. So I had that in my mind, but they, they, they said differently in a lot of their communications. Okay, so that's the situation. Uh, a lot of drama going on. I'm sure Charles and, and the team is, uh, you know, really trying to beat back uh, what they would incorrectly call FUD. <clears throat> I've been accused of spreading misinformation. I've been accused of all sorts of things. Uh, honestly, if it means that someone's crypto doesn't get stolen, you can accuse me of what you want. But uh, you, you, my goal here is to help the crypto ecosystem flourish, to help all of you be as safe as I know how to suggest and, and share, um, and for people to have a good experience with their crypto journey. And um, yeah, I, I know that people don't like FUD, but oftentimes FUD is what prevents people from falling into issues. Personally, I don't think it's over for Ledger. So I posted a thread to, to Twitter, and you can go ahead and read it as well, um, talking about how I think they could come back. So, I, you know, I didn't want to talk about this all day. Here I am. I've done like six hours of ledger talk. Um, but I don't think it's all lost. And I think there's five things they can do to regain at least my trust. Um, the first of which is to admit this was a mistake, to pause the firmware update that they've got, provide a new update for it that removes this feature. Um, because I believe really the existence of a capability to share secrets off the device, uh, that increases the attack surface area very clearly. And... Um, many people, myself included, are not comfortable with that. And I think that's a reasonable position to take is you're not comfortable with a device that can share your secret keys, uh, your private keys off the device. Uh, that's part of the reason we use a hardware wallet is that's not possible. Okay, second thing I think they need to do to win back my trust is to open source their firmware. Um, it's, to me, a legitimate concern that the ability to share secrets off the device may have been part of a previous firmware update. Uh, you know, I was having a... a, a conversation with one of the folks from their team. And he made it seem like 
this was always possible. I'm not sure if I just misinterpreted it, uh, but if it is, has always been possible, that's concerning, um, but we don't know because it's closed source. And kind of more broadly, how do we even audit and evaluate the security of this firmware? Uh, we, we really need to, I think at this point, now that there has been this conversation of do you trust Ledger, they've, they've kind of breached many people's trust, that we need to have a, a little more clarity, a little more transparency into the code. I understand there are competitive reasons to keep it um, out of the public eye, uh, but at this point, there's competitive reasons and existential reasons, I believe, to be able to open source some of that code. Um, I think uh, Ledger Recovery is actually a fantastic service for some people. Um, so I'd love to see them relaunch it. Maybe there's a new device. Maybe there's a completely separate firmware fork that accounts for the scenarios here. Uh, allow the people who want to opt out to completely opt out, not just opt out of the recovery service, but opt out of the firmware updates that make it even possible. And, and I think if they did that, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd all be just like, yeah, that's a cool thing. They launched. It's not for me, whatever. But now we're having a conversation about, is Ledger even secure? Should we be switching somewhere else? And that's a, a completely different conversation. Um, I think they need to admit that the capabilities, uh, adding capabilities to device uh, firmware, such as sharing secrets off the device, do pose an additional security risk, even if it's small. I, I, even if you have to touch the device in order for these secrets to be shared, there is the capability, which means someone will do it unknowingly to an attacker, either you know, be fished maliciously or there'll be a bug and they need to acknowledge this. And honestly, the fact that they've been denying this and denying that there's any increase in um, attack surface is very concerning because either they don't understand how to do security and I cannot believe that's true, or they're trying to gaslight us. Like what is the other alternate option here? Um, because clearly as anyone who's worked in software, this adds a whole new dimension. It adds a whole new set of things that could go wrong. And every time you add new things that can go wrong, you add potential vulnerabilities. It's just logic. So I, I don't understand why they're pushing back against this. They could come out and acknowledge that it's an issue and talk about all the mechanisms that they have in place to mitigate any issues. I think that would be fine. Um, but the fact that they're not even willing to acknowledge it deeply concerning. And then lastly, uh, establish some transparency and reporting guidelines for the entities that hold the encrypted shards include things like transparency report for government requests, ensure that they're diversified uh, the entities across jurisdictions and across allies. So the fact that we have a, you know, five eyes and everyone's in five eyes, that's concerning because it means one legal body can essentially compromise your, your keys. And yeah, I, I, I'm not a big fan of that. So those are my five things that they would have to do to rebuild my trust. Uh, I'm curious if you have anything else that you think they need to do to rebuild your trust. Uh, if you can live, just pop it in chat. I'd love to, to see what you're thinking. Or if you're watching afterwards, like drop a comment below. Because uh, I think I'm hopeful that the Ledger team is looking at all the feedback, that they're um, looking for feedback that's constructive. Uh, my, my strong opinion here is that we need to grow the ecosystem. And so the fact that we have... Ledger doing something bad doesn't mean that we want Ledger to fail. Uh, I think we all want Ledger to succeed. Uh, we just want them to succeed in a way that ensures the security, that ensures that we can remain self-sovereign. I think they have good goals, like the goal to onboard new people is fantastic. Um, I just think that they've gone about it slightly the wrong way and that they've forced everyone to accept features that, that can degrade security. So th those are my thoughts here. Uh, well, <laughs> going on hour seven um, with this whole show. Sirkarin says, I think the first two you mentioned would be enough for me. I think this was just a swing and a miss from them. Uh, so just a reminder, the first two was to admit it's a mistake 
and open source their firmware. Um, I think, yeah, that would, that would bring enough trust um, because if they did that, then we could, we could verify that it wasn't happening. Um, I think in order to trust a recovery service, I'd need the other three as well that I mentioned. Um, Ledger could be preparing for the non-tech people moving into crypto. Uh, absolutely, and I think that's who this feature is targeted towards. And I think it's good. I mean, they haven't yet launched their, their fancy new Stacks wallet, uh, which looks very user-friendly. Uh, maybe this is something they're planning to launch as part of that. I'm not sure. Um, but now it's got me thinking for sure, like, should I even buy another Ledger? Um, so, I, you know, I have a lot of different hardware devices. Ledger has been my favorite. I, I love the ease of use. I love the... Uh, just the, kind of the diversity of apps and chains that you can interact with. And, and for the first time, I'm thinking, what do I replace my ledger with? And I'd love for the team to uh, come back to us, think about all the issues we've talked about, and give me a reason to say, yeah, nothing. I'm happy using my ledger. Um, so that's where I'll sign off for, for today. Thank you, everyone, for uh, joining along, for uh, commenting and being in chat. Uh, if you do enjoy this, please like and subscribe, do all the YouTube things. Uh, very much appreciate you, very much enjoy these kind of conversations. Um, I think we're all learning. Uh, and one thing I'd encourage us to do is to, to be a little humble as we approach some of these things. And I need to keep reminding myself as well that we know a portion and we keep adding to that portion. And the more we know, the better decisions that we can make. So uh, thanks, Prospector. Thanks, Sir Corinne. Uh, love you all. And I'll see you all later. Cheers.